Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I want to talk about the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute, or as it's uh, known better as the SETI Institute. It's something that uh, the late uh, Stanton Friedman used to refer to as the silly effort to investigate, and it's something that I refer to now as the stupid effort to investigate. But anyway, I want to go over some of the uh, reasons why Friedman thought that this was a, a cult, why it really is a completely useless effort. Uh, you know, it has no, it's not going to, it doesn't resolve any it's not going to ever get anywhere it's not going to do anything basically uh what SETI is it's uh uh it's an organization that they, it uses uh radio and optical telescope systems to search for deliberate signals uh from technologically advanced extraterrestrial civilizations basically they're sending out these signals into space and they're trying to also you know capture signals from extraterrestrial worlds somehow Right. And uh, it's a really ridiculous effort when you really think about it. And and at the same time, not only are they doing this, but the members of this organization over the years, they basically mock the whole uh, idea that there's already extraterrestrials here. They, they claim that there's no proof whatsoever. Now, some of the one of the people in the past that was, a, you know, one of the chiefs of SETI was is the late astronomer Carl Sagan. Basically, Carl Sagan was very popular in his day throughout the from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. He was during his time. He was basically uh, uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson of that era. You know, he was a very personable person. He had a program on public broadcasting system called uh, Cosmos, where he talked about the universe, and very personable guy, really smart, intelligent person, but uh, his one fault was that he just completely disregarded any, any all the evidence with regard to the reality that there are already extraterrestrials coming here. I mean, he would, you know, he would, say, you know, and, and, and how he would do it, he would say things like, uh, well, uh, in one, out of one side of his mouth, he would say, well, uh, I believe firmly that there are most certainly uh, li- there's most certainly life on other worlds, uh, but there is absolutely no credible proof whatsoever that any of these intelligent civilizations have ever visited planet Earth or are here now. I mean, now that's just uh, paraphrasing, you know, his mentality on this. Uh, but he he was completely he's completely wrong. He just completely disregarded the evidence. Never really studied it. Uh, uh, not nearly enough. Not like he should have. And, and, and instead, uh, what he did was, uh, you know, he, he you know, working with said I said he sending out signals to space, trying to uh, communicate with extraterrestrials that way. Like he believes that there's stuff out there, but at the same time, he doesn't believe there's anything here. Now, how could I guess one of the things I remember Stan Stan Friedman pointed out is like, well, if there's stuff out there, well, uh, 
you know, you, you, you say that, but you have no proof for that whatsoever. You have, there's absolutely zero proof of that, right? In, in reality, when you really think about it. I mean, I, I agree with them in that statement, but at the same time, there's absolutely no proof that there's life on other worlds. There's no proof whatsoever. But at the same time, there is evidence of things going on here with, with all the reports from people, various people all over the planet over decades, many decades, stating that, you know, they've seen aliens, they were abducted by aliens, they saw flying saucers, here's all these pictures, here's some film evidence, here's this, here's that, here's that and this so there's all this other evidence but that's completely disregarded there's he that there, that's not credible so basically sagan and his ilk the the, the people who've taken up the mantle since like uh seth showstack who heads seti now right they, they have this mentality that oh yeah there's life out there no question about it right no proof whatsoever right no proof at all actually here but at the same time there is evidence that there's something coming here, that there's an intelligence here right now. But anyway, uh, in his book, uh, in Friedman's book, Flying Saucers in Science, and I, I will leave a link for this book if you're interested in picking it up. Uh, and before I even get into this book, I just want to say this. In preparing uh, for tonight's show here, uh, I actually went to Stanton Friedman's website like I usually do, and it's not there. It's gone. Uh, and it's a shame that it's gone because that website needs to be there. I mean, I know he uh, he passed away in 2019. Uh, however, uh, that website should still be there, at least for the sake of posterity. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it's his family members or you know the, somebody's not uh, ha- hasn't been paying up paying the bill or whatever. But for, I don't know how it needs to get done. But that website needs to be uh, maintained, and it's a shame I, I couldn't find it today. Uh, you know, it's not there. It says the the domain might be available for sale or something through GoDaddy.com, and that's. I mean, to me, right, Stan Friedman is uh, probably the foremost UFO researcher. I mean, one of the biggest, one of the biggest names there ha- there ever was in this. Uh, definitely in the top two, right? I would say of researchers. He he really uh, put a spotlight on this whole subject, made it credible. I mean, the guy was a nuclear physicist, and he's sadly missed right now. But that website needs to be put back up. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I want to get into some of the things that uh, Friedman had wrote had written about uh, SETI in his book flying saucers in science and basically there he, he basically laid out 16 different assumptions that uh SETI has with regard uh to their program and to aliens and extraterrestrials and and i'm not going to go through all 16 assumptions just just a handful i want to talk about and then he also uh talks about uh why he believes it's a cult why he calls it why he called it a cult and and it all makes sense anyhow um uh, number two of of uh, SETI assumptions was no alien visitors are coming to Earth, and uh, Friedman said to this, those same people would also be aware that I am convinced that there is indeed overwhelming evidence that aliens have been visiting Earth, are being tracked by military radar systems, are abducting Earthlings, and are being observed by pilots and others all across the Earth. Therefore, item number two is fake. Uh, and then the, uh, number three on this list was the only way to find out about alien civilizations is to listen for radio signals or pick up laser signals with optical telescopes. And uh, Friedman's response to this is, uh, is, if aliens are visiting us, then item three is, is nonsense. Perhaps it would make more sense to learn sign language or telepathy to communicate with representatives of advanced civilizations. The data indicates that the visitors can communicate with earthlings. For all we know, they may have communicated with various planetary leaders. It would appear that they haven't talked to the SETI gang. Remember that the SETI community is not actually seeking ET intelligence. They are seeking signals, not 
not intelligence and not beings. In an October 1994 article in Scientific American, Carl Sagan defines SETI as, quote, an attempt to use large radio telescopes, sophisticated receivers, and modern data analysis to detect hypothetical signals sent our way by advanced civilizations on planets around other stars, end quote. The respectable part of the UFO community deals with the overwhelming evidence that extraterrestrial intelligence has visited Earth. I can find no reason to believe any aliens are merely sending signals to us. Um, and then we're going to move forward up to number nine. And the number nine uh, assumption by SETI is there is no national security aspect to the question of alien life. All information about alien civilizations would be immediately revealed. Now, before I even read uh, <laughs> what Friedman wrote about that, you know, about th- that assumption. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> That's laughable. Anyway. Well, here's what Friedman said about it. I admire the way the SETI cultists make such proclamations as item number nine. Surely anyone thinking about it would recognize that every country on Earth would be concerned about alien spacecraft able to outmaneuver and outfly anything we have flying. Consider that at least two saucers crashed in July 1947 in New Mexico. Well, I'm going to stop right there for a minute. This is one point. Like, I don't agree with everything with Friedman said in his life. He, For some reason, he, he came to the conclusion as, as the Roswell investigation went on that it was two saucers that crashed. The evidence that I've read, the most of the evidence, it seems to me, uh, that it was just one saucer that crashed, but that's what Friedman believed. Friedman also didn't believe in Bob Lazar. I actually believe I believe Bob Lazar's story. Friedman did not, uh, but for the most part, I I agreed with most mostly everything that Friedman talked about. Okay, c- continuing. There would there would have been major national security concerns. Are the visitors friend or or foe? Are they aligned with any other country on the planet? How can we determine how they operate? From the crash wreckage and measurements we can make of flight characteristics from interceptors, how can we be sure that other countries can't determine what we learn? After all, the Soviets had spies in our nuclear weapons labs. How can we determine where other crashes on Earth might have occurred and what other countries have learned about what we have learned? How can we use disinformation and misinformation to fool our enemies and perhaps convince them that we are doing nothing? So I'm not going to read the whole... Uh, but you see where he's going there. You know, I'm not going to read that whole section. And then number 10, the number 10 assumption of SETI is there is no convincing evidence and there are no large-scale scientific studies about so-called flying saucers or the cosmic Watergate. And this is what uh, Friedman said about that. Item number 10 is one of the factors that bothers me the most. I read the books of the SETI buffs. For example, I had read two books by Seth Shostak before we each gave three lectures on Queen Elizabeth II. He hadn't read either of my two books then available, nor any of the five large-scale scientific studies I discussed in my lecture. I guess this is a good example of ignorance being bliss. He still hadn't read any of those when, six months later, we did a three-hour debate on coast-to-coast radio with George Norrie. The vote of the listeners was 57% for me, 33% for him, and 10% calling it even. If one looks at the SETI community's books, mention of the large-scale scientific studies noted in Chapter 1 is completely absent. If any of them are aware of the studies, they surely have decided not to mention them or read them so they can continue to make their silly claims that there's no evidence. They also seem to have intentionally avoided dealing with the substantial literature on interstellar travel. Again, a demonstration of the attitude to don't bother me with the facts my mind is made up this is silly and not the way of science okay so 
you know, and we're going to get into that more. There's an article that I, a little piece that I found from 2016 that I want to uh, talk about later on that was written by Seth Shostak with regard to uh, extraterrestrial visitation on Earth, and it just displays his his ignorance is completely on full display in that art in that little piece, and we're gonna I'm gonna break that down. But anyway, we're gonna uh, cut right to the chase here and get to uh, the reasoning why. Uh, Friedman's called it the cult. Why SETI is a cult. Why SETI in his mind was a cult, is a cult. I am sure that some people are offended by my use of the term cult for the SETI practitioners collectively. Let us look at the evidence to back up. To back me up, cults usually have charismatic leadership. Sagan, Drake, Tartar, and Shostak certainly qualify as highly trained and effective charismatic communicators on science topics. Cults normally have a strong dogma. SETI surely has one. There is advanced life out there somewhere sending signals that we will be able to intercept and decode. Nobody nobody from there is coming here. We just need to keep listening with ever-improving instrumentation, and we must ignore any evidence that anybody is visiting. End quote. Cults do their best to ignore or repress testimony that is opposed to their beliefs. No shortage of that from the SETI community. Finally, cults tend to have a terribly enlarged view of their own importance and significance as compared to that of the rest of the world. Case closed. So yes, it's most certainly a cult. Uh, SETI is a cult. The whole idea of it is a cult. They completely ignore the evidence that is compi- has, has been compiled throughout the decades, they just completely ignore it. Over the decades, they've completely not even looked at it. As, as, as uh, Friedman pointed out, you know, uh, Shostak didn't even have the, the dignity to, to look at any of the, read any of the books that, uh, he, that Friedman had written before going into these debates. None of them. He didn't even look at it because he he, he's already made his mind up. So none of, nothing you show him is going to change his mind. And that's and and the same thing. It's a cult because they believe in something that's completely phony. It's it's false. What they believe, they think they're going to send. How do you know you're sending all these signals out in the space, or trying to uh, capture a signal from? Uh, you're trying to capture a signal from an extraterrestrial presence or an extraterrestrial world, right? Uh, you don't know what kind of equipment they're using, or if they even use radio or anything like. That. You don't know what's going on out there. You don't know what kind. Of, every, every, I would imagine every single uh, intelligent uh, uh, race out there in this universe, right? They all evolve in a different way. I mean, for instance, when the Betty and Barney Hill abduction was ongoing, the aliens were confused at a zipper. They didn't understand. They never saw anything like that before. That was obviously obviously something that nobody ever thought of on you know during their evolution. And, and it would, and that would, that would have to go with everything, everything else. I mean, you don't know. For, they may not. And some, some, uh, uh, another intelligent, uh, uh, another world where there's intelligent beings might have uh being they, they they may have never developed airplanes or jets or anything like that maybe they bypassed that altogether and wait to, and went straight to uh uh you know uh, flying saucers using uh, the electromagnetic uh power to to fly i mean who knows how some some other uh intelligent race evolved it, it's probably most certainly not just probably most certainly different than everywhere else no nothing's the same it cannot be right nothing's ever going to be i mean there might be some uh things that are the same but most things are going to be uh a lot different well anyway back in 2016 for the scientific american there's that's a publication that i i read some articles from them sometimes but usually it's a lot of debunker stuff on there but anyway there was an article 
that came out uh, back in 2016. This is now this is before the uh, the Pentagon videos were released a year later. And basically, the headline was: "These truths are not self-evident, but they've been firmly established over and over by scientific research." And it's basically a compendium of irrefutable facts for these fact-starved times. <laughs> there's not all irrefutable facts. Now, they, there's a bunch of different writers for this article, right? And they all take their their, their turn at, at different subjects. And some of the things is evolution. One of the articles here: evolution is the only reasonable explanation for the diversity of life on Earth. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. That's not what I talk about on my. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other things on here, okay? And one of them happened to be uh, an article, a little piece here that was uh, prepared by. Chef Showstack of SETI, and we're going to go through this uh, because I mean you're going to you're going to see just how naive and uneducated this guy is on extra on the evidence that has compiled about extraterrestrials over the years, and his little part was uh, headlined "No credible No credible evidence of alien visitation exists." And then it starts off, millions of people in the United States claim they have been abducted by aliens, according to a 2013 story in the Washington Post. That's an impressive tally for the aliens, and yet the government's response has been tepid. That should tell you something. Either the feds think it's not happening, or they're part of the problem. Many people believe the latter. They say that the government knows that aliens are here, but keeps the evidence under wraps at Area 51 or some other top-secret venue. But hold on! Unless extraterrestrials prefer Americans, and exceptionalism aside, why should they? Then the rate of abduction worldwide shouldn't be terribly different from what it is here. Assuming an Aliens Without Borders effort, tens of millions of folks around the world would have been grabbed by the greys. I think the United Nations would notice. I think you'd notice. Well, let's just stop there for a minute. Obviously, this guy hasn't read a book. He hasn't, he hasn't read anything on this subject. He's just making this up on the fly. That's just his opinion. Based just him sitting there and just imagining, well, if there, if there was uh, abductions happening worldwide, the United Nations would have said something. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. That, that's all part of the, the governments of the world do not want this to get out. All governments of the world do not want this. The idea that there's extraterrestrials flying around in craft that we and we can't control them, you know, willy nilly all the time. I mean, he hasn't looked into any evidence whatsoever and to make that stupid statement there. But anyway, it gets worse as we go on here. Abductions, of course, are only one component of the so-called UFO phenomenon. The majority of the evidence is composed of sightings, eyewitness accounts, photographs, and videos. Most of these can be explained as aircraft, rockets, balloons, bright planets, or occasionally hoaxes. Some remain unexplained, but that only means they are unexplained. Not that they are flying saucers, no matter how how convinced the people who report them might be. Okay, let's just stop there for a minute. So basically what he's saying here, okay, most of this stuff is all hoaxes or, you know, misidentifications of th- different things. Uh, and, but all the rest, if we had more information, we would be able to explain it. No, 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 right? Again, this guy completely disregards uh, the, the evidence, the, the testimony by, by tens of thousands of people over the years, millions of people, actually. Uh, basically, there was a report a million of people thought they were abducted that he was uh, talking about here uh, in, in, in that one poll. So, uh, you know, for instance, I saw something in 1994. There's no way, right, that this thing was man-made. He wasn't there, right? But again, and that's just mine, just one little story. And okay, you don't have to believe that. But then you put my story up against all the other stories, right? All the other things. And sometimes there is evidence that's been left behind in these cases. Does, Does he not know that? Does he not know about the physical trace evidence that's been left behind? Never looked into that. Doesn't want to look into that because that's not, he's not about that. 
SETI's not, don't, they don't care about that, right? SETI's not interested in any physical trace evidence. They're not, because their mind's already made up. Oh, there's land, you said there's landing marks. Oh, I'm not going to look at it because I don't even care. All right, let's, let's continue here. There remains no scientifically validated evidence that extraterrestrials have been here, either recently or in the distant past. The pyramids, the Nazca lines in Peru, and all the other artifacts that have been ascribed to ancient astronauts can be straightforwardly explained by human activity. Okay, yes, you know, I agree that some of these things in the past most, you know, most certainly were built by humans, and we just don't know how they did it. Okay, that's fine. But I don't know how you know. How do you know? How does this guy know that extraterrestrials, I mean, we're seeing stuff right now, so what makes him think that they weren't coming here in the long past how does he know that does he have a time machine that he could go back into the past to figure this out and, and sit there and, and observe the world for like uh uh thousands of years somehow in the past you know fast forward through it to make sure that there was nothing happening out of the ordinary i mean how do you know this how, do, how does it how could anybody know this all right let's continue here in fact few scientists or science museum curators feel that the claim we are being visited is even plausible even aside from the formidable technical challenges of interstellar travel ask yourself this why are they here now homo sapiens has been broadcasting its presence to the universe only since the advent of television and radar unless the extraterrestrials come from a very close star system there has not been adequate time for them to learn of our existence and fly to earth Okay, this is just how narrow-minded uh, SETI is, or and show people like Showstack, right? This is the narrow-mindedness of it. He he didn't even sit down and really think about what he's saying here. He just wrote it without even thinking. There was no thought involved in that statement whatsoever. Because let's 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 consider this. Okay, uh, you know, so you're saying that uh, the only reason that they would come here is if, because they might capture our signals and that might home home them into our world and that 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 would cause them to come here. But we haven't been sending signals out that long, so there's no way they would have figured. How do you know what that that doesn't? You don't know that they might they, they were here, most likely they were here long before we even had radio or television. How do you you know you don't know that? That's just you just again you just made it up. <sighs> Okay, even if they could get here at the speed of light, which they could not, they would have to have they would have to live within 35 or so light years of, of us, and there are not all that many close stars. Besides, high-speed space travel requires an enormous amount of energy. Would you pay a gargantuan utility bill just for a little catch and release sport fishing for hominins? Okay, for one thing, let's, there's a lot to break down here. Now he's saying the only reason that they'd be coming here is to like the we're look, viewing us as like fish. They're just catching us and looking at us and then putting us back down. So he's assuming right that the only reason they would be coming here is to, is to study us and then put us put us uh, back down again. That's what he thinks everyone thinks, right? I don't think that I, they're up to something else, right? That there's something else going on here, right? That's one thing. Now he's talking about. Uh, can't travel at the speed of light. Okay, that that might be true, but how, there there could be other ways that they're getting here, right? For instance, uh, like we talk about the the idea of of basically uh, bending uh, space, you know, bending is like figure, you're figuring something out where you're bending space time, and you're basically pushing time pushing space out of the way, and and, and having yourself uh, show up, you know, in a different area, like that could be a million miles from where you just started, and it could happen instantaneously. A way to fold space somehow. That's some scientists talk about things like that some ufo researchers talk about things like that but he's not using his imagination here because obviously if they're that if they're coming here that means they're here they, they figured out something right i don't know how they got here either but they figured it out they're more advanced than we are obviously they've been around for a lot longer than we've been and they've advanced technologically beyond anything that we could even
even imagine at this point. But he doesn't have any kind of imagination to even think that way. So there's just no way to get there, get from other places to here. But then again, there's other ways that this could possibly happen. There could be giant motherships, for instance, that that take extremely long journeys through space and and beings you know, live, grow up, and die, and they just replace it. They, they live their lives basically in space until they arrive to their destination. There's other ways that this could be going on. But this guy doesn't have any imagination because he's totally focused on this ridiculous uh, let's send out signals let's try to capture their signals from space um, it will, you know if they're out there we'll, we'll get them eventually we'll, we'll get some signals probably I think you know maybe okay let's go continue here nevertheless for decades polls have shown that roughly one-third of the populace believes our world is host to cosmic vis visitors if despite the lack of good evidence you insist on believing this is true you also have to admit they are the best guests you could ever have they don't kill us they don't foment unrest they don't steal the silverware the roswell incident was nearly 70 years ago if aliens have been here since they deserve good conduct medals how do you know that again you obviously you haven't looked into this hasn't he read it? obviously he didn't he did not read this because i mean the way people are, are are treated when they're abducted by these beings isn't isn't nice at all and how do you know they're not killing us there's been human mutilations that have been reported over the years right people disappear sometimes right how do you know you don't know that again these are all assumptions he has done zero research on this he has no idea what he's talking about none at all his mind's completely made up. He's, he's completely drinking, drank the bathwater of this SETI Institute. He's completely on board with it. He's not interested in, you know, if aliens were to show up here on, on Earth, like, I mean, that's the end of SETI, right? He doesn't want that to happen. So there's other reasons. He has other ulterior motives, too, behind this. The SETI is a complete joke. It's stupid. It's dumb. And, you know, here's one of the problems with it. Over the decades, right, you know, when when major media organizations have a, a talk about this on a news program or something, right, they always uh, uh, cart out one of the uh, SETI members, you know, whether it was Sagan or this guy, Showstack, right? They always bring one of those guys out like they're experts on this. When they're ne they never were experts on it. They, they're not experts on any of this. They have ulterior motives and they don't want they don't want the they don't want to talk about the possibility of extraterrestrials already here because then that that interferes with their game. So uh and and so but the main again the members of the media are stupid too about this, right? They're dumb, right? Because they bring these people out. They think oh they, they they're running SETI, right? They're trying to contact uh, uh trying to capture alien signals in outer space, right? Uh, so they must know what's going on with this alien business. So let's just bring them on because that's a lot of people in the media. They don't read books or or study this at, at whatsoever. And they're dumb to it too. That's why a lot of them sit, still sit around when, when the subject is brought up on TV. They get smirks on their face. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> How stupid. <laughs> right? That It's just... You know, we got to get beyond this stupidity, right? We need to get beyond it, right? I, I can't wait. I can't wait till the proof comes out. I can't wait to see what happens to groups like SETI, right? They're going to just collapse, you know, overnight. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time all these years. These guys aren't experts on it. None of them, you know, obviously, they don't even read books about it. They have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, it's the same thing today. Uh, like someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He go, he, like, he's like you know, the big astronomer. He's the Carl Sagan of this age, right? Brought on all these TV programs. Of course, people, because they, they, they think he, he must know, right? He's the biggest astronomer we know of, right? He, he's the biggest uh, personality out there in the world of astronomy. So he must know about 
about aliens and he has no idea because he does obviously he doesn't read anything it seems about the extent of what uh neil degrasse tyson you know he might have been maybe standing in a train station and he caught 15 minutes in, in, in standing in a train station in the in the bar there uh on a tv in the background on the history channel maybe 15 minutes of a ufo documentary and about that, that's about the extent of his of uh his uh, knowledge on on extraterrestrials and and the fact that they've been coming here for a that we've known about it for a long time that there's been a cover-up for a long time because he obviously just because he's smart on a lot of other things he's not smart on this because he has not educated himself on this he's not fit to talk about it he's not the kind of person that needs to be brought on tv to talk about it just like these SETI, SETI cultists they're not they're not educated enough on this they have no idea what they're talking about anyway we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back uh we're going to talk about a crazy little Bigfoot story that uh, I just read about. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Okay, there was an article that I read today in the Huffington Post, and it happened right here in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, basically, there were some people out there who, uh, somebody, I don't know, maybe people or a person that has been putting up signs in Pennsylvania uh, state parks, basically warning people uh, to be, be wary of uh, potential Bigfoot creatures. And But the funny thing about this is that these look like they were made by the actual state of Pennsylvania. They look like official, you know, uh, uh, signs that were made by Pennsylvania and hung up on trees in different spots. But anyway, we're going to read this story a little bit. Pennsylvania parks officials release curious statement about Bigfoot warnings. Parks officials in Pennsylvania say they don't know who's posting signs warning of Bigfoot activity in the area, but it's not them. They also threw cold water on the notion that Sasquatch might be making a home in the Keystone State or anywhere else for that matter. Bigfoot is not real, Wesley Robinson, press secretary for the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, told PennLive. The signs, states, the signs state that there have been encounters in the area and call on visitors to observe elevated park etiquette, be cautious of your surroundings, and to keep the location of any small children or pets within a tighter scope of awareness. 
They also warn, do not approach the creature. Robinson added that the signs, which have been turning up for months in many parks, are removed whenever spotted. Visitors have been posting images of the signs on social media, including one that drew a response from the Conservation Department, which runs the state parks. The agency's claim that Bigfoot isn't real is unlikely to end the debate about the cryptid anytime soon, as searching for Sasquatch remains a popular pastime in parks around the nation. Oklahoma lawmakers even proposed a Bigfoot hunting season, complete with a cash prize, not to kill the creature, just to find evidence of it. While the majority of Bigfoot sightings seem to take place in the Pacific Northwest and California, Pennsylvania has had its share of Sasquatch activity over the years. The Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization has 124 credible sightings in Pennsylvania listed in its database, including someone who claims to have seen two and heard more of them whistling near his cabin in Harrison Valley. Now, here's what the sign says, and I, uh, I'll leave the link for this story uh, you know, in the description so you can check out what the sign looks like and uh, what it says. It's, somebody has it here on Twitter. It says, warning, due to encounters in the air, and the letterhead on the side is Pennsylvania Department of Natural Resources. You would think, I mean, if you were to see this, you would think that this was official, right, from the state of Pennsylvania, from the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Warning, due to encounters in the area of a creature resembling, quote, Bigfoot, end quote, we are instructing all park visitors to observe elevated park etiquette, be cautious of your surroundings, and to keep the location of any small children slash pets within a tighter scope of awareness. Do not approach the creature. Report any sightings to a ranger, front office, or to the DNCR office of missing persons. Do not post sightings on social media. And then it has... uh, the same warning written in spanish so uh now i don't i haven't really talked about bigfoot too much on my show but every now and then i do and i just thought that this was i think i don't know (laughs) i don't know why somebody would do this it's a joke obviously somebody i mean spent time i mean somebody had time on their hands to actually sit down and it wasn't like the person's a bad writer either the person wrote this up made these believable-looking signs and start hanging them up in state parks. You know, uh, why? I don't know. I guess for a joke or whatever, but it's, I, you know, it's funny. I don't know if the person's going to get in any kind of trouble. Probably will. Probably some sort of fine if they catch the person. But nonetheless, I find it amusing. Now, uh, I, I did meet some. I mean, Bigfoot is one of those things. Um, there's, there's a lot less proof of Bigfoot out there than there is of UFOs. There's been a lot more sightings of UFOs, I would imagine, and you know, and there's also a lot of physical trace evidence and things like that. But there has been some evidence of Bigfoot tracks and some film. Uh, of course, the Patterson Gimlin film from 1967. You know, in fact, I know I, you know, some people that uh, you know were at least one of the subscribers I had on on YouTube just you know when I I posted a video about the. Uh, about the Patterson Gimlin footage, you know, probably within the past year, I would say, probably a year ago. I can't even remember now; it's been a while. But uh, that person didn't like that that I would talk about Bigfoot, doesn't believe big in Bigfoot at all, and decided not to subscribe to my channel anymore because of that. But uh, I just don't know. Um, I met somebody one time back in 1999. Uh, who claimed to have seen Bigfoot, and it was a very believable story right here, actually in Pennsylvania. I was a reporter. Of course, uh, the kind of reporter I, I am, I covered like city council and things like that. But of course, I would rather most certainly write about things about like UFOs or Bigfoot. I mean, you know, um, 
I'm sure you ascertained that by now. Uh, it's just the kind of guy I am. You know, I would rather do something like that rather than write about the city council uh, fiscal year budget for, you know, stuff like that. I don't like that. I mean, who's boring. But uh, Bigfoot, okay, you know, let's talk about that. But anyway, there was a, a friend of mine who told me that he had an uncle. Um, and this over, over the course of many years. This was probably since the 80s I was hearing this story. Uh, he said he had an uncle uh, who had seen Bigfoot the one time. And, uh, you know, I I was always interested in hearing about this story. And, and then when I, as I was a writer for a few years at this point in 1999. And uh, I was working at the in the Hazleton, Pennsylvania Standard Speaker at the time. And uh, I decided to contact. I asked, called my buddy up and I asked him his uncle's name. And I, he said, okay. And he gave it to me in the phone number. And I called this guy up and he, he wouldn't, he didn't want to do it. He did not want to talk to me about this he, he was you know and i kept on i basically kept on talking to him and then finally talked him into it so uh he was reluctant to say the least right and but then he decided okay uh, i'll do it you know i was like I, you know I, I was telling him hey i'm not gonna make a fool out of you anything i'm just gonna tell your story you know because that's i was i was interested in the story and i like to tell the readers you know i made it clear that it was this i'm not trying to make a fool out of you or anything like that i mean i want to hear the story and he told me the story he actually took me to the place where where it happened it actually happened in the mid 70s <clears throat> and uh he was young a young man at the time he had just bought a new motorcycle and uh he was uh when he got this new motorcycle he was dying to drive it around ride it around but he couldn't because it was pouring rain for like a few days straight then finally it stopped raining right so he had finally got the chance to ride it around so he actually was riding on all these back dirt roads uh outside of shenandoah pennsylvania um a small little town here in pennsylvania and uh near a, a water reservoir it was private property he was riding on these dirt roads and uh he drove through a, a big puddle at one point and it stalled his bike out so he's trying to kickstart the bike and uh then he hears footsteps coming toward him from behind right come you know and so he's he, the, in his mind, he was thinking, well, it's probably a ranger telling me I have no business to be driving my motorcycle in this area. So uh, he was already starting to make up an excuse in his mind. and it, So he turned around, but it wasn't a ranger. He said it was like an eight, nine-foot-tall be beast, basically, this Bigfoot. He had no other explanation for it. Walked right across him, right in front of him, across the road, and, th and threw some uh, into, this, into this woods and just walk, kept on walking. He couldn't believe what he saw. Said it was a Bigfoot. It had to be. It was too big to be a person in a suit or anything like that. It came out of nowhere. Uh, and, and he said when it was walking, there was like some small trees there. And the tree, like, you know, when you walk through tall grass and the grass bends down, those trees were bending down as this thing was walking through some of these smaller trees. And he, swear, he swore by the tail. He swore by this thing. I believed the guy. I believed him. I mean, there was no reason for him to make it up. He was reluctant to tell the story in the first place. You know, I basically had to coax it out of him. And then he then he finally agreed. He took me to the spot where it happened. It was basically in the middle of nowhere. I mean, um, but it was an interesting story. And there's a lot of people like this that have these experiences that see these things. And actually in the early 70s, actually in Pennsylvania, I know there was at least two cases in Pennsylvania, but there was some other places too in the 70s. I think it was particularly in the 1970s where actually there was landed spacecraft, alien spacecraft and Bigfoots at the same time. There was weird things like that were happening. And I know I talked about that in different podcasts before. So is there a connection sometimes between Bigfoot and UFOs? Maybe. It seems like at least that in some of these incidents, maybe. Not now, not in this incident that I'm talking about here, but in the same respect, uh, 
you know, it sounds this to me that story sounded plausible. Uh, like I believe that guy, so I, I, I think that there, yeah, there most certainly could be uh, Bigfoot creatures running around out there. We just, for whatever reason, they're very elusive, and we're just unable to uh, get that absolute proof yet. You know, I, there's no reason I would imagine for the governments to cover that up. That's not like UFOs. That's a whole different ball of wax. Uh, so, so I mean, it's just a matter of if they are real. At some point, I would imagine we'll probably get that proof. I mean, now. There's been some very compelling proof. I think the Patterson-Gimlin footage, I mean, there was, you know, in recent, uh, in the past year, there was a program I talked about in a different podcast. I'll leave the link for it here, where uh, a History Channel show basically showed they they really fixed, cleaned up that Patterson-Gimlin footage. And, I mean, it looks really convincing. It doesn't look like a guy in a suit, you know. You know, technology has showed that this, you know, looks like it's real. So... I don't know. But as far as the signs going, I don't know why somebody would do something like that. I guess just for fun, for kicks, to see what would happen. I mean, this person's no dummy, whoever it is. I mean, they they wrote this thing up. They thought it out. They planned it. And then they executed it. Uh, I just think it's I think it's funny putting up fake signs like that. I mean, it, 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 wouldn't it be? I mean, we, someday we might reach a point where those signs like that might be real. <laughs> Who knows? You know, but they weren't published by anybody in the state, uh, Pennsylvania State uh, Conference Conservation Department. Uh, uh, so people need to be aware of that. So if you run into any of these signs in Pennsylvania, they're not real. They're, they're, they're it's a ho- that is a hoax.